You're listening to episode 127 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. The topic of Twin Flames is not new to the show. When I look at the top 10 most downloaded episodes of the podcast since its launch, our previous Twin Flame episodes sit at number one and number three positions for the most downloads. So to say that you all love the topic of Twin Flames is an understatement, but guess what? I love it too. There's a lot of history within the whole topic of Twin Flames. I'm actually going to share one of the stories on the upcoming Feel Your Life Friday episode, but for now, it's time that we get an energy check-in to see what is up for the Twin Flame Collective. In January, we met with Twin Flame reader Charlotte of Happy Souls 1111, and she provided us with a Twin Flame astrology update from astrologer K-Moon. I thought Kay's breakdown was so beautifully written that when it came to doing an energy update, I knew that I needed to ask Kay to join me this time. Kay is a Twin Flame channel and Western astrologer. She has a brilliant YouTube channel where she provides so much valuable information to those on the Twin Flame journey. This episode is brought to you by Spiritually Seeking. When you head over to spiritually-seeking.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout, you'll score 20% off of services such as basic numerology reports, extended numerology reports, card readings, life guidance, and more. There are a bunch of new goodies on the site, so I know you're going to love them all. Head over to spirituallyseeking.com and remember to use the code PODCAST at checkout to save 20%. If something resonates with you while you're listening today, I encourage you to take a screenshot, share it with me on social media, tag me in it. I am everywhere at MindBizLife. Also, share this episode with a friend or a family member. You never know who may need to hear this information. Okay, are you ready to meet Kay and see what type of energy is brewing for the Twin Flames? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Kay Moon. Kay is a Twin Flame Channel and Western Astrologer. Hi Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. I appreciate the invite. Oh, absolutely. For anyone who has been listening for a while or you happen to catch our last Twin Flame Energy Update with Charlotte of Happy Souls 1111, Charlotte included an update from Kay in that episode. And when I was preparing for the next round of energy forecasts, I was like, all right, we need to hear more from Kay Moon. But before we flow all into that, I'm just really interested to learn more about you. What got you into astrology? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've kind of always been, you know, like anyone reading, you know, the magazine or like online quick astrology update for my sign whenever, you know, whenever I thought it would be interesting to read it. But um, something changed for me in 2015. I went through a particular a dark night of the soul that I didn't really know what was happening or why. During that period of time, um, I was diagnosed with a set of tumors. Um, I ended up having a massive thyroid issue um, that was mild enough to be controllable, but still disturbing enough to need 
action, mm. immediate action. Um, and then uh, my business, the business that I was in, took like a financial nosedive. I had to move in with my parents for the year. Um, and that meant I couldn't live in my, you know, on my own. And then I lost both of my grandparents on my mother's side within 90 days of one another. And it just felt like life was hitting me from all directions um, that year. And it's like the boyfriend and I that I had at that point, we broke up in a really ugly way. Um, I lost two of my closest friends. Like it was literally every corner of my life was getting hit and I couldn't figure out why like Mm -hmm. what had I done um you know spiritually to deserve such a horrible horrific year because it was literally like every 60 days a new massive tragedy or something needed to get dealt with it wasn't like just you know Oh, every 60 days, there was a shift. It was like a death, then a breakup, then a diagnosis, then a friend loss, then another friend loss, then another diagnosis, then another death. Like it was literally like that, that year. Wow. Um, and one of the only things that I could figure out how to do, like I was working my hiney off trying to like turn things around in the business that I had prior. And uh, one of the things that I would do at night before I went to sleep, I had this little app um, on my phone. It was free in the app store called Time Passages. And I would just lay down um, and it was my little corner of self-soothing where I would dive into a little rabbit hole looking at what the stars were saying because there was no amount of Abraham Hicks and Law of Attraction that was changing my circumstance. There was no amount of Tony Robbins or, you know, positive action that was changing my circumstance that year. I prayed, nothing shifted. I just didn't get it. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in the way that I kind of, you know, I feel like it was a remembering because what I would do is I would sit there and read what was in the app um, for the transits for that day or that week. And then I would pick something specific and then I would just go to Google and I would read everything on the first page of Google for that particular thing. So Mm. um, there was a particular transit that I discovered was going on that's supposed to be like the worst transit of a person's lifetime. And it only happens like once every 30 years. Um, And the first time is the worst time. And I've discovered I was in the middle of that. Hooray me. Mm, (laughs) And I had about two more years to go. Oh no. Yeah. It's like reading like almost like your death certificate. I'm like, oh, "Oh my gosh, no, two more years. (laughs) And thankfully, at the time that I discovered it, I was at the peak. So I was in the worst part. Um, and it was kind of downhill from there. But everything that had happened for me was like, I literally read the pages and my eyes were glued. And I was like, finally, an explanation. I'm not crazy or cursed. 
And so something kind of happened in all of that digging. Um, and it, I just, it was a very odd and interesting thing. Like, you know, in school, like you couldn't get me to memorize dates or facts in history class to save my life. I had to study my tail off in science classes to get the details right. But no matter what I read astrologically, it stuck. Mm. It stuck like I had already known it. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of how that worked. By the end of that year, um, you know, I was, you know, dabbling and reading for friends. You know, I'd just be like, oh, let's take a look at what's going on at your chart. What's your birthday? You know, and then fast forward, um, that was also the year at the end of that one year period that I met my twin, uh, my twin flame. And <clears throat> fast forward, um, mm -hmm. we kind of went through the whole twin flame thing where it was like, get together, break up, get together, break up. We went that route. Some people go the instant recognition route. That wasn't our path. Um, recognition came after a while, <laughs> let's just say. Um, and once it finally set in, um, the funny thing was that we were in a period of separation, uh, go figure. And once again, I was beseeching the stars to try and understand what, what curses my lot this time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it ended up um, being that uh, there's a particular feeling that I describe as like twin flame jail, um, where the separation feeling is just so claustrophobic that you feel literally like you're in jail, um, like you're in this prison of the mind where nothing you can do inside or outside changes the track of your thoughts. It's like always them and always you and always what is happening here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, at, during that period of time, like crazy synchronicities happened. Like there was a construction truck that took to parking outside my house during the entire time that had his Zodiac sign tattooed across the construction truck. I was like, huh, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Who names a construction company after a zodiac sign? Right. And why are you parked outside my house? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, was down my reading rabbit hole trying to understand, like, why are we in separation? What's he thinking? What's he doing? And sure enough, I met a reader who looked exactly like him, like splitting image. Wow. At the time. Um, yeah. So it's the twin flame jail thing. You know, those of you who are listening probably, you know, really rec know it's like, even when you try to get this person off your mind, the universe shoves them in your face. And that was the jail place. And I remember at the time, my guides, my, you know, Ascension guides, they were already online and talking to me and kind of revealing to me what was going on. Um, that this is a twin flame thing and this is what that means and how it works and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And this is, you know, where things are headed and why it all works the way it does. And I remember, because I was, you know, gone in the YouTube reading rabbit hole, like right. collective readings. And I remember thinking, well, 
if I share the things you guys have shared with me, the way these people are sharing things on YouTube, can I please get out of jail? Yeah. <laughs> that was like my bargaining chip. I was like, will you please let me out of jail if I can just share the stuff? <laughs> and I just began to share. I just began to share. And sure enough, um, a lightness ensued because I, um, at that point, I'd really just kind of surrendered to what was so that I loved this man, we were twin flames, the connection wasn't going anywhere despite his absence from my life. The love had changed me, I was growing a lot, I was heartbroken to the point of debilitation. I <laughs> like I was non-functional. Um, and uh, I had some information about how it worked and that was, that was all I had mm -hmm. at that point. Um, and so I just, you know, made some videos and soon enough, some people picked them up, started sharing them. Uh, the channel, you know, kind of started to grow bit by bit. Um, the algorithm, thank God for the YouTube algorithm. And for everyone who's ever liked, clicked, subscribed, or shared, thank you, because it helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just allowed things to keep going. And so after my first share, or two, because they, they just gave me three things. They, the three things they gave me are what's a twin flame, why the runner person runs, and what is the divine purpose of these things. That's all mm -hmm. they gave me. They were just like, here's what you need to know. Um, well, let's, let's dive into yeah. those a little bit, okay. if you don't mind. So what it, let's, yeah. let's dissect them one by one, because there may be someone who's like, trying to, you know, decipher this for themselves. So what is sure. a twin flame? Yeah, sure. So um, I know that this is a very hotly debated topic. Um, and what I'm about to say, some people are going to have a near religious apoplectic aversion <laughs> to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen these people in my comments and I'm like, well, listen, I can only report what was told to me that doesn't mean your experience isn't true. That just means what's true for me is true for me. Exactly. So I preface this with that. Um, what my guide showed me is that for me and my twin, and for many, many others, um, we are a single soul that is living inside two bodies doing soul work simultaneously for two reasons, acceleration of the soul's ascension and its movement um, into light. The capacity to the soul has the capacity to be able to work at this level, um, but also for in service of humanity, we can accomplish more if we divide and conquer. Um, and so, um, like I said, there are some people who are very much not. Nah, I don't believe in that. But until you have actually experienced <laughs> what it's like to yeah. actually have a piece of you sitting elsewhere having a full ex full on experience um and then you know have like scars on your body mirror each other and wounds mirror one another and it's the craziest freaking experience and really wild and i'm like all right if that's what you guys say it is then that's what it is it's the only thing logically that i 
can wrap my brain around. So thank you for the explanation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Because so, I can wrap my brain around that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what they explained it is. Mm. Um, and so I have a video about it in the playlist called Channeling. I think eh, channeling, twin flame channelings, I think, on my channel. So people can check it out and get the full download if they want. I love it. And then the runner chaser, because we hear about this a lot and I, anything that I read about it, you know, you can go to one source and you'll, there's like different stages and some of them there's like eight and some are seven and you know, there's like all kinds of different things. So what's the runner chaser? What have you been told? Yeah. So, um, the way my guides broke it down for me is they said that when the two meet each other in earth form in the, in the density realm, um, what happens and it is an experience of love that's so profound. It's like standing in the presence of God, mm-hmm. standing in the presence of the divine. Um, And that particular love has such a wholeness and a uniqueness to it um, that it kind of blows open your, uh, all of your defense mechanisms. And in the light of that love, you begin to see for yourself all of the places where you're really broken (laughs) and really not whole and really not being best self. Um, And so two things occur. Um, Whatever your own personal response mechanism is based on your level of consciousness to that kind of information about yourself, it kind of kicks in and takes over. Some people have the initial response of, um, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. Time to call my therapist back. Other people have never been in therapy and they're like, wow, look at how broken I am. And I didn't see this before until this person was here. Let me go over here and see without that person, see what I look like. No, I don't look so broken. Let me walk back over here and see what I look like with this person. Wow, I'm so broken. Let me walk away and go, you know, deal with life a different way. And so the level of consciousness that a person is at will really kind of be indicative of how they'll respond to being, standing literally in God's eyes, right? Mm. And so if you imagine at the end of your life, you know, you stand before God and, you know, you finally get to come back home and you're reunited with source love and the truth of all that is and then you're looking at all the craptacular choices that got made when density was running its density program through you um you know there can be a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and in addition to that level then my guides also revealed that the second thing that happens is our soul programming only knows its ability to stand in the face of that love after a death. Mm. Like we only get to go to God once we die. We don't get to just kind of go hang out and stand there in that level of love without going through a death first. And so the soul programming around this meets with the human genetic programming and the genetic programming is avoid death at all costs. Mm. 
And so the, what ends up happening here is that a person will say, I'm not ready to die in that way. I'm not ready to die to myself in that way. And so they go about the business of kind of re-examining their life in the light of something that they can't ignore anymore. That light and that love, it's there. Right. It's real. It wasn't, they, they didn't not see it. They just would rather not have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and so some, the thing that occurs there is uh, needing to go reconcile the break that they have within themselves around the ways in which they have responded to love prior to that point. Mm. They have to have a, you know, but in the American South, we call this a come to Jesus talk with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to have like a, a little, a little powwow with themselves and their lives and their programming and really wrestle with what it's been and how they've responded to it up until this point and have a look at, okay, am I ready to die to myself at that level? Wow. Not everyone can just say yeah to that tomorrow. <laughs> that's a <Yeah>. big ask. <laughs> that's, that's, that's surrender on a whole different level. Completely. Because yeah. this is a connection. Once you've come to feel it and see it and know it, you can't change it, you know, by, you know, swiping the other direction and now poof, that person's gone um, or breaking up with them and okay, now poof, your heart starts to go back to its own rhythm and its own pacing. Can't change it. And you can't like disconnect from it. Mm. Once it's on, it's always on. Yeah. It never shuts off. Um, and so, you know, for, you know, especially in Western culture, we place a lot of stock, emotional stock in our independence and our freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. Um, and the tethering between twin flames can just be so profoundly and organically pulling mm. um, that it becomes to be a little bit like a, you know, the way some you see some pet, pet parents on the street, they yank their dog's chain to get the dog to move in a particular direction. Yeah. The, and you know, it, it's much kinder. We don't yank. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, the energy here is already a leash. Mm. It's already a leash that's never there between people who are not twins. Is everyone a twin though? So like, I know some people may be listening. They're like, am I a twin or do we all have like the twin flame part of us or is it just a select collective? It's a really good question. Um, I have, my guides have not given me intel on that and I haven't really asked or looked. Um, I have heard some people say that everyone does have a twin. Not all their twin flames are on planet Earth. I've also heard people say, no, it's just a select few. Um, 
the only thing my guides have been vocal about is that because the work twin flames are doing is so it's working so well and the collective is ascending into love so uh so rapidly mm-hmm. more and more people are going to start having experiences that are collectively known as twin flame experiences like you know, the telepathic communication, the heart opening, you know, the deep, deep love, all of that um, is typically only known as twin flame stuff. But because we're all rising now, the earth is rising and so are we into our true spiritual nature, a lot more of those spiritual giftings are going to start to come online. And that's a direct reflection they've told me of how well the twins are doing their job. Mm, I love that. And now, did your guides also lead you into following Jupiter for the divine masculine and Juno as the divine feminine or what guided you to, to reading this method within charts? Right on. So the, that was them. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was all them. Cause that was not in my thinking or thought process. Um, and they were just like, yeah, look, look at the mythology. And I was like, this is really wretched. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yep, that's why. <laughs> Twins are here to overwrite that little legacy from Mount Olympus. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank, thanks for the task. So much fun. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Because like you can look at, you know, the, what Jupiter and you know, you know, their story and you may be like, so well, how is this the twin flames? You know, exactly. like, like not like the most romantic story. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, but what they said is that, um, you know, the twins come and they embody those, you know, old legacy patterns um, that humanity is trying to overwrite. And they embody them, they live through them, their heart compels them to make new choices. The new choices leave a vibrational breadcrumb trail for everyone in their soul monad. That breadcrumb trail gets transmitted through light codes when you talk to someone, share your story, when you shake hands, when you look people in the eye, just vibrationally when you're walking through the grocery store, that frequency with those codes gets transmitted and it assists everyone that you're around to rise higher too. But there's no way to overcome it without becoming it first is what they showed me, which is why there can be so many, you know, so many things that seem to be non-divine and a very divine counter counterpartnership. So interesting. Wow. Like I can only imagine like when you receive that download, <laughs> it was just like, and, and can you tell for someone who may be very confused, like clearly we know Jupiter is the planet, but they may not know what Juno is or, or how that's represented in the chart. Yeah, it's interesting. So we're at a real turning point in astrological history at this moment in time because so many of the feminine energies have been written out of the astrological pantheon or relegated to non-planets. Um, and instead uh, to the asteroids or the trans-Neptunian objects. Um, And so the four main asteroids that are recognized by astrologers, that not everyone use them, Juno being one of them, wife of Jupiter um, on Mount Olympus. And we've got Vesta, um, and she was the temple goddess. And then we've got um, 
Pallas Athena. She's the protector, the counterpart to Mars. Mm. Um, yeah, she's really cool. I love Athena. Um, crikey, I'm not remembering this other one, but it'll she'll come to me in a minute. Um, but the four of these uh, series, she is the goddess that taught the uh, humans how to farm and live agrarian lives so that they didn't have to hunt and gather. Ah. And so each one of them have made megawatt contributions to human beings on planet Earth. And there's even more, you know, women asteroids or female energy asteroids that are starting to be incorporated back into the conversation. And one of the reasons why I absolutely love time passages is because they include these, and that's the application that I use, desktop and mobile for software, for astrological software. They include these um, in the software so that you have the opportunity to get to know their stories and start to include them in the way that you read. So, mm, so interesting. Well, let's let's talk about we already kind of touched on like we right now are in this just wildness of energy. Like 2020 has just kind of taken us all for a loop. And right now in the moment that we're, we're speaking, it's May, we're speaking right before the last super moon of full moon of 2020. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we'll have four planets in retrograde this month. And then since this episode is going to launch in June, I know this summer is also going to be a little bit crazy with three eclipses. So what does all of this energy mean for the Twin Flame Collective? Great question. And for, right, the planet Earth, the collective, because we're all going to feel it, right? Um, you know, there is, it's a, t this year was always going to be a year of really big shifts. The astrological lineup for the year has, is something that's been talked about and anticipated for well over a decade in the astrology community and hotly debated as to how it would go and whom it would affect, which countries, etc. Um, but we did know for sure that the big news was going to be this lineup in Capricorn that was changing structures, institutions, governments, and businesses um, so in check, a massive check, check. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah. We're not even, we're not even well into halfway point of the year and it's like, okay, yep, got it. <laughs> um but it's not over yet. And so there's a few different energies here that um, are the molding energies that are what's causing the kind of crumbling and rebuilding. And yet we have to remember that that's what this is. It's not just a crumbling. There's a rebirth here. And the ascending and light collective has a real opportunity to be influential at this moment of rebirth by choosing the kind of people they want to be, the kind of businesses they want to start, the kind of ways that, because people in this moment, they're looking for guidance. Right. They're looking for ways to better understand what's happening from a perspective that allows us to honor our higher, our better angels or surrender to our, you know, our lower demons. And so the question really is in 2020, it is a bifurcation year. Um, where energies, it's like, which road are you on? Because there is no middle ground this year. Yeah. So um, a couple of the planets are making the most significant impact here. 
or there's three of them really, and it's the ones to watch out for and pay attention to are Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. They've been lined up in Capricorn, Pluto and Saturn since last year. Um, and Jupiter joined the crew this year to round it out. Um, Pluto is death, life, death, rebirth cycles, but specifically the death after life and rebirth cycle. It's the chrysalis where the caterpillar goes inside and becomes the butterfly. Mm. Saturn is the restorer of integrity. Saturn wants structure and order and for things to be happening in the right order, but at the right time. And it demands that things happen of the highest integrity, no compromises. And where there are compromises, Saturn will create separations. And then Jupiter is just like gasoline on a fire, baby. Anywhere Jupiter goes, it is expanding whatever's already going on. And so there's this magnification of these two energies that have been all about, if it's not an integrity, it's got to fall. It's going to fall anyway. Put it in the cocoon. Jupiter is now expanding all of that energy and giving us really a grand time out so that we can go to our rooms, <laughs> take out a piece of paper, and write down what we want to have happen next and start living better lives. That's the call to action for 2020 and 2021. It began in 2019, but this is really the year of speeding up around this. Mm. And so um, there are these eclipses and these retrogrades. It's a retrograde heavy year. Um, May is when we have four of them that begin. And so by the time this episode airs, we will have Venus, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter retrograde, all three of these. And we'll already be in shadow for the next Mercury retrograde of the year. The, yeah, <laughs> but retrogrades aren't anything to be afraid of. Retrogrades bring really wonderful opportunities to assess and review, to take stock, to make sure that we've got our I's dotted and our T's crossed, um, and to you know, affirm with ourselves and the universe where we want things to go and how we want things to be. There's a real beautiful gifting in these retrogrades specifically because with the Venus retrograde, this is going to be about our communication and how do, have we been communicating in love or not? The Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto retrogrades are all going to be in the sign of Capricorn and they're going to give us an opportunity to relook at the way we've been working and how we've been living in terms of our homes. With so much stay-at-home work now and the opposite sign being cancer, there is a grand revisitation of are we living in alignment with the structure our soul wants for our lives. And this is the year where we get to carve that out for ourselves and for our families. So it's a big opportunity to you know, make the shifts that we know we need to. In the middle of chaos, what we get the opportunity for is to reshape life. And so I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a really great chance for light workers to step into soul work. I mean, heck, if you lost your job, what else you got to do? 
Right. <laughs> right. Like here is the time. Like life just hand it to you on a silver platter almost. I know. You keep asking for more time and saying you would do it if you had more time. Here it is, people. <laughs> yeah. Here's all the time you need. Please stay home and do it. <laughs> we'll even make it official. So mm-hmm. what will like the eclipse season kind of do? So and like what 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 do eclipses do for us just energetically? Mm-hmm. So um, this eclipse season is interesting because it's an overlap eclipse season. The Capricorn Cancer eclipse cycle is closing out, and that was all about coming home to our emotional integrity and emotional truths and reshaping our lives to match the structure of our lives and our work to match it. Now we're moving into the Sagittarius Gemini eclipse season and eclipse cycle. And this is really about deciding which path you're on. Sagittarius being the south node energy here, Gemini being the north node energy here, the collective (laughs) is moving toward that Gemini energy. Um, And Gemini energy has a couple of giftings in it. The first is the capacity to wait and see, to explore, to allow things to unfold. That's a huge gift, especially in a moment of high chaos. Gemini waits for the right moment and then it acts with precision. The Mm -hmm. second thing Gemini gives us is the capacity to communicate and communicate well. Gemini has a real gift of being able to be in communication that is exploratory as opposed to decisive. Um, And that gives us the chance with our minds, because these this is a mental energy, Gemini, the air signs, it gives us the opportunity to take with our minds that which we've known in our soul and start the process of creating our worlds with it. Remember, our worlds are created from our words. Words come first. Mm. The next thing that we get a gift from, from Gemini, is that there is a choice that needs to be made at some point. Um, And so this is a period of time, this 18-month eclipse cycle is going to ask us to choose what our life is going to look like for the next five to 10 years. Um, What's the next decade and the next cycle of our soul going to look like? Are we going to sign up for more, you know, lessons or are we like going to sign up to shine light? Obviously, you're going to be doing both. I mean, that's the nature of the earth realm. And if you know you've got something in your soul that you're ready to give, it's time to give it. The stage mm-hmm. is ready and the spotlight's on. So that's the gift of this cycle. Um, but it is definitely a bifurcation point in the collective um, where we are going to be told and shown that we cannot keep our feet in two worlds at the same time and expect that to work. Um, we need to make a choice. Are we choosing love? Are we choosing something else? We need to get that clarity. And these 18 months are going to be um, a period of time where life is going to continually, with the eclipses, deliver circumstances that ask us to choose. And so that's what eclipses do. They kind of rearrange our outer lives. Um, For some people, depending upon what axis it falls on in the chart, their individual natal chart. It'll rearrange some of your mental and your inner world, but for most people, um, eclipses will bring transformations externally that you then need to 
respond to. Um, and you can tend to feel eclipses coming about 30 days on either side. The change may have already occurred and or, um, you know, some for some people, they get the change up to 60 days prior and wow. then they have to work through the integration all the way to the eclipse point. The first one begins on June 5th in the Sagittarius Gemini axis. And this is an interesting cycle because these eclipses begin with lunar eclipses on this cycle. Um, there are three lunars and then there are three solars um, at the tail end of the cycle. Lunar wow. eclipses tend to represent completions. They're like as one of my astrology teachers puts it, Nadia Shah, she says a lunar eclipse is an ending on steroids um, or a full moon on steroids. And so uh, solar eclipses, same thing, new beginning on steroids. So this cycle, Sag Gemini eclipse cycle, begins with a series of endings and then there's a rebirth. So, um, whatever's closing out, you want to look in your chart. Um, there's a table of eclipses that I refer to from astrologer Susan Miller. You can just Google Susan Miller. It's all spelled phonetically. Um, table of eclipse dates. And she has the eclipse dates for 2020 and 2021, all the way through like 2040 or something like that. Uh, you can look at those eclipses and you can mark them down in your calendar. And then you can look in your chart. Is it a Sag one? Is it a Gemini one? Is it a lunar? Is it a solar? And based on the house it's in, you can get a sense of precisely what to expect. Yes. And, it, and if you don't even know where to look, that's why you can get your services. <laughs> that's why we have astrologers like you to help. <laughs> so that's, that's perfect. And then I know, um, okay, so let's move forward a little bit. So we're, we're past the summer, we're going into September, and then we have Mars and retrograde. Oh, yeah. I'm not really looking forward to that period of time. Uh, okay. So why not? <laughs> Right. Um, okay, so Mars retrograde on its own, not a bad thing, right? Mars represents, you know, ambition, drive. It represents outward projected energy. Cool. No big deal. It turns retrograde. Fine. We have a chance to reassess our ambitions. However, this particular Mars retrograde is going to sit in the sign of Aries, and that sign is already going to be lit up with two energies that when they come together, give me a little pause, and that's Lilith and Eris. And so oh. these are two of the, another, two more of the feminine energies, which I love um, in the Zodiac. So Lilith on her own, also no big deal. She's amazing. So Lilith, first wife of Adam, same deal Eve got. She didn't want it. She left the garden. She was like, yeah, I'd rather take my chances on the outside world than stay here and make babies and ignore the snake and avoid the fruit. Like, this is really not my jam. I'm out. And so Lilith's energy in the Zodiac is about, you know, where we're uncompromising, where we'd rather go for the unknown then stick with the safety of what is known. And she's a little rigid about it. It's my way or the highway. It's a little bit of like all or nothing. Eris's right. energy, um, again, on her own, fine. Um, 
Eris is strife. She's discord and disharmony. And you really only see Eris get at her Eris best when she's been excluded, when she's not been offered a seat at the table, when she's been disenfranchised. There's a right place and a right time for that energy. That's why she's included in the Pantheon. But when you bring strife and discord together, along with thwarted ambition and rigid capacity <laughs> to uh, go along with anyone else, you need it your way in the sign of the self, Aries. <laughs> It just makes for a little, a hot little energy right there where it, tensions can boil a little higher than what a normal response might be under normal circumstances. Mm. And so um, the saving grace of this lineup during that period of time of the Mars retrograde is Chiron. Chiron is sitting in Aries. He's one of the centaurs. Um, and Chiron's energy is imbuing wherever Aries sits in our charts, a healing um, to that area and showing us here's where you've been wounded and where you need to work to heal yourself. And that's a good thing. It's, it's useful to have those kinds of revelations. The challenge is just that we'll all be a little so tender that that other energy that I just described, when it comes together and lines up and Mars by retrograde, is going to touch a few of those first three. Um, it's like a combination of being both tender and defensive at the same time. And if you've ever interacted with another human who's both wounded and tender and hyper defensive, you already know that's not a fun experience. But now imagine everyone on earth going through that simultaneously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the other reason I'm less excited about that is because this energy is going to make a hard square to that transformational energy going down in Capricorn and a T-square to the – in opposition to the energy in Libra, and that's Juno. Um, she's hanging out up there. And so at least Juno will be going forward. She'll be wanting to try to work collaboratively, but in her own way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's still solo. <laughs> yeah. Like in her, I got to do it my way and I'm still tender. <laughs> so F you all. Yeah. So the thing that I will say is that if you're a cardinal sign, Aries, Libra, Cap Capricorn, Cancer, you're going to feel this intensity a lot more gently gently feel free to take as much alone time <laughs> as you need to deal with yourself oh. and prepare the people in your life accordingly. Uh, I, so what you're telling me is I need to prepare everyone now because I am a Libra rising and Capricorn sun. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would just, mm -hmm. yeah, I would just, you know, get yourself ready to know <laughs> that you know, the end of the year could be a little tense. So all right. um, Noted. Mars <laughs> retrograde, I want to give people the dates. The Mars retrograde is September 9th through November 14th. Mm, okay. Um, so, you know, just be aware that, you know, the tenderness will be there. It's not you. And whatever you do to take care of yourself when, you know, your wounds are up, they're in your face, and it feels like everyone's, you know, no one's on your side, whatever you do to take care of yourself in that space, do so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a reason. There's never not a reason. There's always a reason we're getting shown these things. The world that we're going to rebuild as we move into the Sag Gemini eclipse cycle is a world where we can no longer continue to exclude certain parts of who we are, where we can no longer afford to cut pieces of ourselves off to make pretty pictures on Instagram or shareable content on YouTube or comfortable conversations at, with family at holidays or easy marriages that are incredibly otherwise uncomfortable. Hmm. This energy is reminding us and showing us and begging us to stop pretending about who we really are, what we really need, and what we really want. It's a lot. It feels like it's a lot of like just owning your truth. Yeah, that's precisely it. Oh, and a lot of rebuilding. (laughs) Yeah, a lot, a lot of destruction and and rebuilding. And that's not to say it's hard. It's not to say it's easy. It just is, you know, it's just, it's like, it it has to be done. You can't start putting your roof on your house before you've laid the foundation. That sounds about right. I also with that metaphor. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, and then December we, and I think the end of November and December, we also have that, that next round of eclipses. And then is there anything else that besides the Mars retrograde that kind of ends off our our 2020? Yeah, great question. So, um, you know, at the end of the year, the outer planets are doing most of the retrograde work other than Mars. And so that's a little bit of a sigh of relief because, you know, <laughs> at any given six months in the six months in the year, some outer planet is always retrograde. So, um, you know, Chiron will be retrograde. Uranus will be retrograde. Neptune will be retrograde. Um, and Pluto, and that's all October, November, December, and January will have all of those retrogrades. Um, and those outer planets, they work slow. They take time. Thank goodness. They're not some of the big, bigger planetary energies that we feel a lot more with the personal planets. Um, so that's going to be a real relief. And then I think, you know, the eclipse season at the end of the year is really going to kind of put a period on this sentence of 2020. By the end of the year, we're going to be super clear about what it is that needed to change and why, you know, there's a few, you know, cause this energy didn't start overnight, even though it felt right. like it descended upon us overnight. It really, it's been building since about 2018. Um, this energy for some people has been a bit of a knocking that's ratcheted up to a two by four with a person saying, you're not taking this out of my life over my cold dead body. Will you take it? And the universe is going, all right, well, I'll just snatch it out of your cold dead hands. Don't mind me. If you lose a finger, you'll be okay. Right. (laughs) So the thing to just remember as we move through this energy is that it's just asking us to be unrelentingly honest, um, shamelessly truthful with ourselves, and to remember that the universe really is a kind and loving and supportive place, um, especially when we're honoring our truths, that there's a lot of universal support this year 
when we're honoring our truths. Mm, I love that so much. And it's such an important message to remember. And I know our audience is probably at this point, just they're either their head is spinning because they're, they don't even know astrology and they're just, they want to learn more or they're like, yes, I need to know more about this twin flame journey. I just need to know more about my personal path and how I can navigate it better and flow with these energies more instead of just living in force mode. So how can they connect with you and book a private reading or just where can they go to connect with you further to get a better understanding? Amazing. Um, so the best thing you can do is just email me directly at chrysalismoon at gmail.com, K-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S-M-O-O-N at gmail.com. And the autoresponder will be sent to you that explains everything you need to know to book a reading. And uh, if you decide you'd like to book, um, once you've made your payment, I will send you a scheduling invitation. And uh, then we'll be off to the races and scheduled. I will say that I have been booking about a month in advance at this point. So um, just know that if there's just a tad bit of a wait, um, I also offer on my YouTube live channel called K Moon Live. You can subscribe there. Definitely hit the notification bell so you don't miss it. I offer live mini readings so you can ask a single question and I can look at your chart, your twins chart or the chart of your union, which is the daytime and location that you met. And subscribe to K Moon Live. And when I do live mini readings, you can do a little bit of a check in, and there's a lot less of a wait for that. Um, and then I have my main YouTube channel, which is where you can find the channelings about what's a twin, why the runner runs, what's the divine purpose, and more. And that's just K Moon, the letter K and M O O N. You'll also find a monthly um, new moon and full moon astrological update. So those are the yes. ways to get in touch at this time. I love your updates. They're so good. And, and you just break them down so beautifully as you did with this entire conversation of just helping us understand. I think the, the twin flame journey is so unique and it has so many twists and turns, but you are doing such important work by aiding the collective on this journey. And it has been a true honor to have you join me today and for you to share your knowledge and light. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. It was a real gift. Um, and I will say one thing, as with all things, honor your own truth if you're listening to this. If anything didn't resonate, totally fine. Use what did to validate your intuition. Leave what doesn't for someone else's intuition for their journey. Thanks oh, so much I for having it. me. I love <laughs> it. Thank you. Wow. The Twin Flame Collective sure has some energies to navigate. I've linked Kay's social channels and contact information on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. I know there was some talk about divine masculine, divine feminine, and the energies around that. If you're still a little unclear of what that means, don't worry because next Wednesday we're going to dig a little bit deeper and help you gain a better understanding. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. Don't forget to join me on Friday for a new episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. 
I've got more Twin Flame goodies for you. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.